and welcome to your Group B preview for the 2020 Euros. My name is Jake Fenner. We are here for our second of six group previews just ahead of this year's Euro 2020 tournament as part of our greater coverage of the Euro 2020 tournament here on Bavarian Podcast Works. We start with Group B today with the first team in Group B. I am joined by Tom Adams, who you will hear from later. But we begin with the first team, and that would be Belgium. If you are from Wallonia, you know them as Les Diables Rouges. If you are from Flanders, you know them as Die Rude Deufels. If you are the minority that speak German in Belgium, you know them as Die Roten Teufel. Uh, the Red Devils, basically, what we're all getting to. They're the number one team in the world, according to the FIFA World Rankings. Interestingly enough, they are the only number one team in the FIFA World Rankings history that do not have a trophy from a major tournament. They finished third place in the 2018 FIFA World Cup. They topped their European qualifying group going 10-0 and straight through. Their manager is Roberto Martinez, who has really revitalized this team carrying him over from the 2018 World Cup, 54 games played under him, 42-8-4 record. Uh, Their formation is a 3-4-3 with uh, an interesting setup. They basically have Yannick Carrasco at left mid slash left wing back, and then they have Thomas Meunier on the opposite side as right wing slash right wing back. So, Tom... Who are you looking to in this Belgium group? Yeah, it's a tough pick of the bunch. I think everyone realizes that in addition to, let's say, France, England, uh, probably Portugal as well, Belgium has one of the most stacked uh, squads as far as depth is concerned, as far as top talents are concerned. Um, but the the one person I have my eye on, I'm going to highlight Yuri Tielemans from Leicester City. I think that he had a breakthrough season for Leicester this season, and I think it was just typified and illustrated perfectly by the goal he scored in the FA Cup final against Chelsea, which happened to be a match winner, an absolute beauty, which was very... Uh, you know, serendipitous that it aligned with 20,000 fans being allowed back in Wembley. It was a great moment, especially as a neutral fan watching that match. Um, But I just think this is going to be a big turn event for him. You know, one of his first times on the big stage. I want to see if, you know, in and amongst the star-studded squad, can he produce as he produces in the the blue or the maroon of Leicester City? so I'm curious to see if he can translate this this form from his club. A fantastic season for Brendan Rodgers. Uh, obviously, they fell just short of qualifying for the Champions League, but very excited to see what he's going to do for Roberto Martinez and the Belgium national team this summer. The people that I'm going to highlight, and I'm going to cheat by not picking one player yet again, and I'm going to pick a group of people, because when you think of Belgium, you think of great attack, you think of great midfield, right? The names like Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Romelu Lukaku, even people that are obvious first-name starters like Christian Benteke are even on this team, right? The weakest spot of this Belgium team is their defensive core. They're starting three center backs, according to a preview guide given to us by whoscored.com. Their projected back three in their 3-4-3 is Toby Alderweireld, Denayer, and Jan Vertonghen, which they're not necessarily bad, more as they are just old. And then they only brought three other defensive subs, them being Boyata, Thomas Vermalian, and Castagne. 
that is not that good of a defensive core. That is pretty shaky, mostly due to age, due to speed. This is a pretty quick group that they're going to be coming up against, a relatively creative group. And while I still project that Belgium are going to get out of this group easily, I think this back line does not really inspire confidence further down the line. So... The odds for Belgium as of the 1st of June 2021 peg them as 6 to 1 to win the whole thing and 8 to 11 to win their whole group. So, moving on from Belgium to the northeast of Belgium and we will go to Denmark. Uh the uh, terrible at Danish, so sorry there. The Red Whites, they are 10th in the FIFA World Rankings. They lost in the round of 16 on penalties to eventual runners-up Croatia in the 2018 FIFA World Cup. They finished second in their European qualifying group behind Switzerland with a 4-4 and 0 record. Their manager is Kasper Hulmund, a former coach at Mainz, by the way, for about one season. 12 games played under him, an 8-2 and 2 record. Their formation is a similar formation to what Bayern fans are used to, a 4-2-3-1 with a double pivot. So, Thomas, players to watch for you from this interesting Denmark team. They don't necessarily have any real stars to peg their names to, but definitely some people that people that followed uh, Bayern in the Bundesliga have absolutely heard of. Yeah, 100%. I mean, as far as who I'm watching, who I highlighted, I kind of went a different route. I uh, went with a Premier League player in Chelsea's Andreas Christensen. I think that He's one of a long list of Chelsea players who has had to really fight for a place in the squad, especially having to adapt to life under two different managers, right, and Frank Lampard and obviously Thomas Tuchel. Uh, but I was very impressed, Jake, most recently with the way he came on into a difficult situation in the Champions League final against Manchester City, obviously coming on, I believe it was for the injured Thiago Silva. It's crazy how far away... <laughs> The Champions League final felt like it already happened to go, but it really wasn't that long ago. But if memory serves me correct, it was Thiago Silva, and I thought he uh, played fantastically well. I think Chelsea played phenomenally well that game, were deserved winners. You know, they were in a rough patch of form closing out the Premier League season. But I want to see if he can do it on the big stage as well. Uh, on obviously, the Champions League final is a big stage, but he's going to be, in my opinion, a starter for this Danish side, and it's going to be very difficult. We just mentioned all of the attacking fire, fire, excuse me, firing power that Belgium has, Jake, and let's not forget, we'll get into some of the players for Finland and Russia as well, but, you know, Finland with Timu Puki, Russia with a very, very big, physically big and physical attacking, you know, uh, line, it's not going to be easy to keep, a, to keep clean sheets, so... He's going to be one of the guys I keep my eyes on. And Jake, as you mentioned, quite a few Bundesliga players in this Danish side. So let's hear who you're highlighting. I want to tackle one of those Bundesliga players right off the bat, even though it's not somebody that I'm necessarily highlighting. Uh, Leipzig's Yusuf Paulsen. So if there's one area that this Danish team severely is hurting in one area, it's finishing. So much so that Yusuf Paulsen is being deployed on the right wing, and basically the starting spot up front is between Jonas Wind and Kasper Dahlberg. 
And that's not necessarily inspiring a lot of confidence. Like, there's a lot of creativity behind that position. But it's a tough go. It's it's a very tough go for striking on this Danish team, and that might undo them. But if they get any creativity, it's not just going to come from Christian Eriksen. It is going to come from the two players that I am here to highlight. The double pivot of Borussia Dortmund's Thomas Delaney and former Bayern Munich midfielder, now at Tottenham Hotspur, Pierre-Emil Heuberg. They together will probably be the key cogs along with Ericsson in terms of the results that this team are going to bring out. It's going to be fun to watch this Danish team as they go up against these other teams. Denmark has a 28 to 1 odds to win the whole thing and 11 to 4 to come out of the group. Uh, next team, the true underdogs of this entire tournament, a team that I heard earlier today was, quote, just happy to be there, and that would be a team to the northeast of Denmark. So we went from Belgium to the northeast to Denmark, now to the northeast to Finland. Uh, Finland, the Hukayat, the Eagle Owls, they are 54th in the FIFA World Rankings surprisingly not the lowest, but definitely the second lowest. Uh, this is their first major tournament appearance in their entire history as a nation, as a footballing nation. They finished second in their European qualifying group. They finished second outright, so they were able to automatically get promoted in. Uh, with a 6-0-4 record, they were able to beat out Greece and Bosnia and Herzegovina in order to get that qualifying spot. Their manager is Marku Kanerva. Uh, ever since 2016, he has been in charge. He has a 19-3-13 and record, so not that great. Their formation is a 5-3 Three, two. While that screams that they want defensive rigidity, that doesn't necessarily exactly say what they provide because they've scored in their last 10 international games at least once. So, Tom... Go ahead and tell me why the player that you want to watch is Timu Puki. Well, for the obvious reason, Jake. I mean, he's the, the top canary, so to speak, at Norwich City. And even, obviously, the average viewer of Euro 2020, if they watch uh, any amount of soccer, whether it have been the Premier League last season, AFL Championship, this season, Timu Puki is going to be the one name you're going to recognize from Finland. And let's be honest, I mean, he's... I know it's a team effort, but with the amount of goals he scored in the qualifying process, he's one of the major reasons why they qualified. And Jake, I believe this is their first uh, major international tournament, um, if I am correct. Uh, so all eyes are going to be on him, clearly. He's going to be the target man that the rest of the teams in this group are going to try to shut down. But because of that, I'd actually shift my focus... Elsewhere, the fact that the one name we're all talking about on this team sheet is Puki, the striker, that obviously kind of addresses the fact that everyone else on the team is a little bit lesser known. So I'm highlighting Bayer Leverkusen's Lucas Hradecki because I think it's clear that his goal is going to be peppered. Absolutely. Um, I think someone just remembering back to some of my live tweets, Jake, if you can recall uh, the very end of the Hinrunda when we came back and won 2-1 to one right at the death. I remember just 
you know, commenting on a lot of instances where Herdecki just held on to the ball way too long, kicked it out of bounds, made a lot of uh, unnecessarily poor decisions, which is something that absolutely cannot happen if Finland want to have any chance of perhaps getting one of those best third-place progression spots or even clawing their way to second place. But I have them down as finishing last place in this group. I, you know, no discredit to them. I think there's just too much firepower elsewhere in the group, and you know, they're going to have to look elsewhere than just Team Upuki if they want to, you know, seriously have a chance of progressing. And speaking of looking otherwhere than Team Upuki, I have a guy. He is a Bundesliga player. He is currently contracted out to Bayer Leverkusen, but was spending his season out on loan at Union Berlin. He had six goals in 20 games. I am talking, of course, about Joel Pohanpalo. I think he and Puki will form a pretty decent strike partnership, not necessarily one that would instill fear into any of their opponents, but definitely a decent one. The other player that I want to keep an eye on is Rangers midfielder Glenn Kamara. I think both his work ethic and his ability to push up and the combined efforts of Puki and Pohanpolo will help each other if Finland has any chance of making it out of their group, which is a very long shot at 16 to 1 and they are tied for the longest odds to win the entire thing at 500 to 1 which brings us to our last team uh we went northeast and northeast so now it's time to just go due east we are going to russia nezhny parni or our boys or subornaya the national team 38th in the fifa world rankings they were a pretty decent surprise at the 2018 fifa world cup uh, even though it was on their homeland, they were able to go to the quarterfinals after beating Spain on penalties and then losing to Croatia. Finished second in their European qualifying group behind Belgium, who they play again in this group, with an 8-0-2 record. Their manager is still Stanislav Cherchesov. Ever since 2016, the man has been in charge 54 games played, 23 wins, 13 draws, 18 losses. Their form flexes between a 3-4-3 and a 5-2-3, with Mario Fernandez and Karavayev pushing up on either wing with Fernandez on the right wing and Karavayev on the left. Uh, so, Tom, who do you like out of this group in Russia? Yeah, Jake, this Russian team has been so exciting in the past. We remember Euro 2008 when I was in high school, getting out of the group, beating that Netherlands team, the days of Andre Arshavin, how exciting they were, as you mentioned, the 2018 World Cup beating Spain. With that, I believe it was that Juba penalty. But for me, I'm focusing on this left side and some of the veteran experience that they have in this side, particularly Yuri Zhirkov, the left back, who can also play as a left wing back. It seems like he has been in the Russian national team forever. I'm looking to him as a player with all the experience he has, you know, linking defense to attack, uh, one of those guys to make those smart decisions. And then also just ahead of him, who often plays on the left-handed side of an attacking midfield, is A.S. Monaco for Niko Kovac, Alexander Golovin. I think that left side is going to be absolutely <laughs> integral to this Russian side. And, you know, I think that's where a lot of the danger is going to come from and thus will receive the most attention. But I want to see if those guys can push through that attention and, um, I have them down as potentially second or third place winners. I think they could potentially be one of the best third place finishers uh, across all of the groups if, let's say, Belgium and Denmark go ahead and get the number one and two spots, as the odds suggest. But I think th that's just going to be such a huge area for Russia, Jake, is that left side with Zhirkov and Golovin. Tom 
you stole my people two teams in a row. I was going to highlight Lukas Radetzky in Finland, and then I was going to highlight a man who I wanted Bayern to get in the immediate aftermath of the 2018 World Cup, Alexander Golovin. And I will highlight Golovin again because it really deserves more attention. Because after doing really well, he played one more year for Seska Moscow and then moved off to AS Monaco. This season, he dealt with a pretty gruesome injury, but still managed to come back and finish the season with six goals and nine assists in 26 games. That's really admirable out of him. I guess if I have to highlight other uh, other people, Denis Cheryshev out wide will be interesting for this team. Uh, Anton Maranchuk in the midfield, and of course Artem Zuba still being old, still being up top with that massive slab of a Slavic forehead on him. So it'll be great to see whether or not they will be able to pull something out. So Tom... Finally, last thing we need to touch on in this group, what do you see as a pecking order for these teams? Yeah, you know, I just kind of mentioned, I don't want to state the obvious, but I think it it's very, very hard to see Belgium not topping this group. I think they just have way too much firepower. Anything could happen. Jake, I mean, there's been so much football played in a short period of time for all of these footballers. Injuries can happen. Fatigue can really set in. Uh, which will play into some of the underdogs' hands. But for me, I have it down as Belgium as the top dogs, the Danish finishing second, followed by the Russians, and then Finland, respectively. I'm going to swap two of those. I think Belgium is too good of a team to not advance. I think Russia is going to upset Denmark. I think Russia is going to finish second. I think Denmark will come in third. And I think Finland will come in last, but they will have at least two points to their name. Those are those are my uh, my predictions for this table. So with that, we are going to wrap up our predictions for Group B. Thank you all for listening. Please be sure to stay tuned for our next uh, coverage on Group C coming very soon later this afternoon. So we will see you then. Auf Wiedersehen.